morning. It's good to see you all. We are continuing our uh, series of lessons from the book of Galatians this morning. And we've come to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11. And this passage, uh, Paul deals with hypocrisy, which was a problem in the early church, and it's a problem today. So, what is hypocrisy exactly? Well, in the ancient Greece, they used to have these dramas or plays. And in these plays, sometimes they would have an actor who would wear a mask or have a mask and he would, he would take on the persona of some, somebody completely different than who he actually was. And the Greeks had a word for this, and they called him a hypocrite. And this word hypocrite, by New Testament times, became just regularly used to uh, refer to someone who acted different than they actually were and claimed to be. So, the dictionary definition is the same that we use the word today, um, which is a feigning to be what one is not or to believe what one does not, behavior that contradicts what one claims to believe or feel. So, it's saying one thing and doing another or not practicing what you preach. We use that term a lot. So the question I would like for you to ask yourself this morning, to honestly consider for yourself this morning, is is there some way you are a hypocrite in your life today? Are you spiritually practicing hypocrisy in some way in your life? Ask yourself that this morning, and I would like to to talk about that. And uh, also, if that's the case, if you find that to be true, what, what do you do about it? What should we do? if this is the case for us. So let's say, for example, you decide to go out to a restaurant and eat with your co-workers or friends from work, for example. And you're at this restaurant and you all order your meal and you're waiting for your meal to arrive. And you look up and you see some people from church walking in to the restaurant. And they end up sitting a couple tables away from you and your co-workers as you're uh, there and, and they can see you and they can hear what you're saying, do you think that would affect the way you acted? Be honest with yourself and consider. Would that, do you think, affect the way you talked, the speech, the, the way you talked? Would it affect your, um, the, your prayer habits? Would it affect? Uh, Would you suddenly become more holy seeing them there watching you, do you think? Because behaving like a Christian should not be different depending on, we should not behave differently as a Christian depending on who we're around. Because that is hypocrisy. And it's this sort of thing that Paul was addressing in our text this morning from Galatians chapter 2. Here in Galatians, Paul takes a very unusual step 
of publicly calling out another apostle over a sin in his life. This sin of hypocrisy. And so I'd like to read it again. He says, Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Uh, that, that phrase, he was to be blamed, means he stood condemned in Greece. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withstood, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter and for them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live as Jews? So what's going on here? Well, if you... Read the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 11, Paul and Barnabas traveled to, the, to Antioch to meet with the church there in Antioch. And they ended up staying there in Antioch for a whole year. And that whole year there in Antioch, they lived with these people. And they ate with them. And almost all the Christians in the church of Antioch were Gentiles. And it was not lawful traditionally for Jews to eat and have fellowship with Gentiles. But Jesus had sent Paul to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And so that's what he was doing. And he lived with them and he ate with them. And so did Barnabas. And uh, this church here in Antioch was where the Bible says that at this time the disciples were first called Christians. That word didn't exist. It means Christ-like. And it was, they were started calling themselves Christians there in Antioch. But that's what they were called. And during this time, Peter sh goes to Antioch. And Peter shows up and he starts meeting with them and living with them and eating with them and having fellowship with them. And everything was going great. Until James sent some people to Antioch. Now James, this was the brother of Jesus, and he was considered a great leader and a pillar in the church at the time. And James wasn't so convinced it was a good idea for the Jews to be having fellowship with the Gentiles. And so I don't know if he, sent, he heard about this and he sent them to, to quash this, Fellowship. I don't know if that's why he sent them, but when they arrived, the whole mood changed. And it wasn't this happy fellowship anymore. And they started pressuring Peter to withdraw from these Gentile Christians. And the, and the pressure became so great that Peter withdrew. And he stopped eating with them. And he went over to eat with the Jews. And the pressure just kept getting worse and worse until finally even Barnabas withdrew from the Christians in Antioch and went to eat with the Jews. Barnabas. Sweet, kind Barnabas. The one apostle of them all that welcomed Paul. 
when all the others wouldn't. Even he withdrew because of the pressure, the peer pressure. Have you ever done anything you knew was wrong because of peer pressure? It can be hard. It can be hard to not succumb to peer pressure when it, when it gets intense like this. Well, Paul was disappointed, to say the least. He was not happy with the way the Jews were, were treating the Gentiles. And so he gets up and he goes over to the table of the Jews. And he basically calls them hypocrites. And he tells Peter, if you're going to be living like a Gentile, why are you compelling them to live like Jews? And the thing is, the kicker to all this is that Peter knew better. Peter knew that this was wrong. Because Peter was the one that God went to and told to go and preach the gospel of the Gentiles for the first time. If you remember in Acts chapter 10, Peter was in Joppa at the house of a tanner named Simon. and He got hungry, so he went up on the roof to pray while they fixed dinner down below. And as he prayed... He saw this great sheet come down out of heaven in a vision. And in this sheet, there was all kind of wild beasts and creatures. And he also saw in there some of these creatures that they were commanded not to have anything to do with. They're not to eat, like pigs and snakes and stuff. And as he watched this vision, he heard a voice from heaven saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, No, Lord, for I have never, I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice from heaven replied, What God has cleansed you shall not call common. And this happened three times. And as Peter sat wondering what this could possibly mean, this voice from heaven came again and told him that there were three men seeking him. He said, go down to them, doubting nothing, because I have sent them. And so Peter looks and he sees three men coming toward the house. And one of them is a Roman soldier. And so Peter goes down and he opens the door and he meets them and they said, we're, we're seeking. He said, who, who are you looking for? And he said, we're looking for a man named Peter. And Peter said, I am he. What do you want? Why have you come? And they, they tell him about a man named Cornelius. They said, Cornelius, the centurion, a Roman centurion, a man over many other soldiers. A just man, one who fears God and has good reputation among the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. And so Peter 
invites these men in to the house and they lodge them there. And this was a kind of risky thing for Peter to do because people were watching. People would talk. This was against the Jewish law. And uh, for him to, to do this. And but the next day, Peter uh, returns with them to Cornelius. And he takes, takes some men from Joppa with him. And they go and meet Cornelius. And when he goes there and he sees Cornelius, he says to him, he says, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. He figured out the vision, didn't he? He understood what that vision meant. He said, therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked them, for what reason have you sent me? So Cornelius tells Peter how he was praying and he saw a vision of an angel coming to him and the angel told him to send to go send for Peter in Joppa. And uh, he would tell you what you must do. And so Cornelius said, I have gathered all my friends and all my family here to hear, to hear what you have to say. And so Peter replies, he said, I understand now. I understand that truly God shows no partiality. And he is willing to accept anyone who believes and works righteousness. And so Peter then opens his mouth and he preaches the gospel to these Gentiles. And when he, was, when he finished, they were all baptized. And when the other apostles and the elders heard that Peter had done this, they were not pleased. They called Peter forward to, to meet with them to give an account of what he did and asked him why he went and, and ate with the Gentiles. And Peter told them the story from the beginning, everything that happened. And when he was done speaking, he told them then, if therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I that I could withstand God? And yet, shortly after this, that's exactly what he was doing in Antioch as he was considering these Jews unclean. It's exactly the opposite of what God told him to do. So yeah, Peter knew better. So Paul had to call him a hypocrite and rebuke him for that. Now, just so that we don't start lifting Paul up to be something greater than he was, some sort of super saint, Paul had struggles with hypocrisy himself. 
But Paul would be the first one to admit it. He wrote in Romans chapter in Romans chapter seven. Romans chapter seven and verse fifteen. He wrote, "For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do." And he goes on to describe his struggle with knowing what he should do and not doing it. So, maybe someone will say, then if Paul struggled with hypocrisy just like Peter, how could he be rebuking Peter over the same thing? This is an old, tired argument that Christians often But we can't let the fact that we all sin stop us from encouraging one another not to sin. You see, that's the whole point. That's why we're here. That's why we come together, knowing we're all sinners, but encouraging one another to be better, to be like Christ. You know, in our, our Louisville Bible study this week, we talked about, we talked about the hypocrisy that Jesus preached against. When he said in Luke chapter 6 and 46, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Because that's just hypocrisy. If you're going to call him Lord and then not treat him like you're Lord. And we talked about how we're commanded to come together as a church and to teach one another from the Word of God and by singing spiritual songs. That's what he wants us to do because he knows we need it. You know, another, another person might ask, you know, well, if people like Peter and Paul struggled with hypocrisy, how can we hope? to defeat hypocrisy in our life. What hope do we have if they couldn't even be? Well, maybe we can't completely win this war. Jesus can. Jesus can beat it. And he did beat it. He beat it on the cross. And as Paul concluded... There in Romans chapter 7. O wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. Only Jesus. That's it. He's our only hope. So if we have to rely on Jesus' righteousness to save us, what are we supposed to do? What does he expect us to do? We have to fight. We have to fight. We have to be part of the resistance. Hebrews 12 and verse 4 says, You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. James said, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
Every time you resist, every time you resist, you, you win another battle. And he, and he runs away. <clears throat> and if you fall, you get up and you keep fighting. You keep resisting. Because this is what it means to live a life of repentance, which is what we're called to do. We're called to turn away from the works of the flesh and turn toward the works of righteousness. And that's what, that's what a repentant heart does. A repentant heart produces good works that we're supposed to have. And they just come from a repentant heart when we turn away from the unfruitful works of darkness and we walk in the light of Christ. We turn to his light that we see and we walk that way instead. We turn around and we repent. And that's how we live. And we do this every day. And that's what you have to do if you're going to call him Lord without hypocrisy. If you're going to wear the name Christian without being a hypocrite, that's what you have to do. To turn away. Turn away from the, the darkness and fruitful works of darkness toward the light of Christ, the works of righteousness. So, back to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11. Peter was greatly rebuked by Paul for this hypocrisy. What do you think Peter's reaction was to this rebuke? I've always wondered how Peter reacted I wish I knew. You think maybe he got angry? This was probably pretty humiliating. Maybe he said something like, who does this Saul of Tarsus think he is? You know? I mean, who is he to tell me, the apostle Peter, I mean, I was walking with Jesus from the beginning. I talked to him. And I, I preached the first gospel sermon. We started the church. Who was he to lecture me? Where was he? Oh, yeah, that's right. He was killing Christians. He was murdering them. And he's lecturing me. No. How dare he judge me, Peter? Now I could see, a, I could easily see a lot of people reacting like this. Sadly, I can see myself reacting like this. I know my own foolish pride in my own heart. The thing is. Paul doesn't say how Peter reacted. But I tell you what we do know is shortly after this happened, the Apostle Peter stood with Paul and preached 
pretty much the exact same rebuke that Paul gave him to the rest of the apostles. Acts chapter 15, we read how this problem arose in the church because some of the, some of the Jewish Christians were, were preaching that the Gentiles had to be circumcised in order to be saved. And it became a big problem. And there was a lot of disagreement over that. And so the apostles and the elders met in Jerusalem to talk about this, to consider what was right. And at this big gathering, Peter stood up before all of them and he reminded them about Cornelius and where God had sent him and how God had told him to preach to the Gentiles and to welcome them into the church. And Peter said at this time, God made absolutely no distinction between Jew and Gentile. And Peter concluded this this sermon by saying, Now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? We believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved in the same manner as they. And then Peter looked at Paul and he yielded the stage to him. And Paul stood up and he preached to him. And he told how all the many miracles that God had had done through him to the Gentiles. And at the end of this, James was convinced. All the apostles were convinced and they decided they were right. And that was the end of it. So it looks like, it looks to me like instead of getting mad and dividing and all, that Peter took the message to heart. How about you? You know, this, this was a very, very difficult problem for the early church. How to how to make it so the Jews and the Gentiles, these very, very different cultures, these different backgrounds, people who were enemies, how to get them to come together as one church, as one body of Christ. That was a hard thing. And they struggled with that. And the Lord used the Apostle Paul to facilitate this. To, he, was, he was very instrumental in this process, through his preaching and through the letters, the epistles, such as the book of Galatians, making this work. And we need to make sure that we don't show favoritism in the church. You know, you consider consider some people more worthy of your time and attention than others in the church. You, do you, or do you treat everyone the same, everyone with the same amount of love and compassion like Jesus did? Don't be a hypocrite like the world and act like the people of the world, but be different 
be different. Or maybe you don't have a problem with favoritism, but maybe there's something in your life that you're seeing, maybe you're being a hypocrite about spiritually. You know, we're all guilty. Like Matt said, we're all guilty of hypocrisy sometimes. Of not behaving like the Christians we claim to be. And this this damages the church, especially when unbelievers see it. And they do see it. They notice. If you've been living hypocrisy somehow in your life, you can change that today. You can change. You can humble yourself before God and ask for His forgiveness, and He'll forgive you. He will forgive you. And you can make a pledge today to change. Make a pledge that you're going to live what you believe. Live what you believe. And the next time you're tempted, you can resist the devil, and he'll run away. And you've won that battle. And you can say, you know what? I'm not going to live like a hypocrite today. You can do what is right. That's all. That's all I have this morning. I hope it's been edifying to you as it has been to me. We're going to offer an invitation song now because the people here care about you. We care about one another and we would love to pray for you and help you if you need spiritual help. Please come forward now and sit on the front pew as we stand in the same.